a chef who supposedly pissed off his crew, mm-hmm. and they locked him in the oven. Oh! It was, like, the oven is big enough that you can walk into it and stand in it, and they locked him in there and turned it on and cooked him to death. <gasps> Wait, Did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> Shut up. Oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> No! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Yay! We're winning at life. We are. We're doing the thing. We're doing the thing. Hey, guys. Hi, friends. Happy Saturday. Welcome back. Or I was confused for a second. I was like, it's not Saturday, Kirsten. Well. Like, I when, know we're tired, but. When we're in their ears, <laughs> it will be Saturday. It'll be Saturday. We are time traveling. Happy we Saturday are. from the past. That's right. A whole, like, four days ago. I know. Ooh. It's amazing how the world's changed in four days. It really has. <laughs> we better not say something like that because otherwise the apocalypse will occur. I know something drastic <laughs> will happen now and, then and we'll like, be like wait. no it was just four days ago we were just joking <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's the apocalypse yep it's dreary and gross in both places where Aaron lives and where I live isn't that lovely yeah no sunshine in either location, which is kind of apropos for spooky stories, right? It so is. Yeah. It is. It's it, fine. It worked. But it's I, I got to admit, it's fine. It's just making me very tired. Like, I just want to go lay down with a mm-hmm. book because it's like that kind of green. So. It's what my yes. papa called a set in. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a, a set in. descriptor. It's going to be here yep. for a while. It's a set in. Now you've learned mm-hmm. something Southern, folks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Don't say we don't teach anything. We teach you things. We totally teach you things. Yep. We teach you things. I'm just concerned that my tan is going to fade. That will be unfair because you've been working so hard on it. I've worked very hard to be tan already. Normally I'm not tan till like July mm-hmm. and we're only at mid-May and I've got a nice little tan going. And it's supposed to rain for the next week, and that's not nice for my tan. If there's even a slight break in the clouds, I'm have to go stand outside and just be like, oh, she will. She'll just be out there. She'll just be out there naked, (laughs) arms out wide. That's right, like a starfish standing in the middle of the yard. (laughs) No one will think anything of it. No, because this is the usual. I've been working on my tan too, and I am a lovely shade of of off white paper. It's really depressing. If you've never seen us, you can go to our Instagram and watch our stories that are featured on our Instagram profile to see us. Erin is a very fair-skinned redhead. Yes. Very fair-skinned. I'm what the peoples call pasty. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. And I have kind of an olive-y complexion. I tan very easily. Like, I can be outside for just a few minutes and I get sun and it sticks. Yeah, that's how I've always been. It's the Indian in my blood. There we go. Well, that's see, that's that again. It's it's one of those unfair things. Like my sister came to visit me, and my dad is Native American and very very dark. So my sister <laughs> comes walking into my house, and she's like, "Oh, like just this lovely shade of brown, like yeah. this golden color," and I'm like, "You shouldn't look like this with a six month old." Like, that's not cool. And I told her that. The minute she walked in, I was like, why Why are you so put together? Why are you so tan? It's not fair. This isn't fair. And I stomped my foot in frustration. <laughs> did you? So, did you stomp? 
I did. I was like, this is not cool. When when my first child was six months old, I was still pasty. And looking tired. And she's just like, chala, I have my hair in an updo. And I'm tan. I didn't, I didn't look put together, but I was tan. Because oh, Marley was born in February. So by the summertime, I was good. And I mean, I was also very young too right. which you were too with your first mm-hmm. yes so you know yes. i don't know but yeah i i but i think because she's my only i didn't have to worry about having to do it again but i was looking good when marley was six there months old <laughs> i still had like the big boobs you know from the baby oh my god <laughs> but i had lost all my baby weight so I was skinny again, and yeah. I was tan. I was hot back then. <laughs> I don't know what's happened <laughs> since then, but I was looking good. <laughs> There's a picture of me and Marley actually in the little kiddie pool when she was only a few months old, and I was like, dang, I looked good. <laughs> now I look at myself in a oh. bikini, and I'm like, put it away, but just no, but nobody look at it. Hide oh, my, my hide God. My <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> no bathing suit. No bikinis for sure. I'm going the one piece route this year. Yeah. My husband's not gonna be very happy about it, yeah. but yep. I've been going the yeah. one piece route for a long time. I was I've been trying to make the argument that I'm I'm gonna be forty years old in a couple of weeks. Forty year olds should not wear bikinis. But then I see one of my cousins who's like mid to late fifties with this rocking body. In a bikini the other day on Facebook, and I was like, "You're not, not helping. helping your argument. Yeah, You're not helping. No, I just go honestly. I've been going with a one piece for as long as I can remember because they're just cute. Like I get the like real retro looking ones, mm-hmm. and they're adorable. And I honestly like even when I was thin, <laughs> I was so paranoid about like bikini tops coming undone. <laughs> I was like." Just yeah. wear this really cute one piece. I've been looking at those ones on Cupshe. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. They have really cute bathing suits. They do. Really, really cute ones. So I'm going to have to get me a couple of one pieces because I'll be more comfortable. And I keep yeah. telling Mark that. He's like, well, you need to wear a two piece. I'm like, I'm not comfortable. And if I'm not comfortable in a bathing suit, I'm not going to be happy doing whatever it is we're doing. Mm-hmm. I need to be comfortable. I need to make sure everything's tucked in. And mm-hmm. folded and rolled and like rolled in its place. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you rolling? <laughs> we have we have a friend. She's a little bit older and she's so funny. She talks about she's like I don't. She goes my boobs are a thirty six long. <laughs> she's like I have to roll them up to put them in my bra. Oh my god. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. Reminds me of Carol Burnett. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, that's what she makes me think of. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, you know, you got to put everything in its place. There's a lovely visual for you guys. Yeah. There you go. And if you're not yet old enough to understand this, don't worry, you will. It's like a potato (laughs) in in pantyhose. That's what it looks like. (laughs) Pantyhose. I always said a tennis ball in a tube sack. There you go. That too. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's man. terrifying. This went <laughs> off on a totally different direction than I anticipated this morning. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and that's why you listen to us. <laughs> that's exactly it. So that you can never look at tube socks. Or pantyhose or, pantyhose or potatoes the same ever again. Gentlemen, <laughs> you're right. welcome. There is your future. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they might look perky and up there right now, but mm-mm. Mm-mm. gravity's working. <laughs> Just enjoy it while you have it. That's all right. My dear friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. So... <laughs> Should we get spooky? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe, probably. Okay. I think you're going first today. Am I? Yeah. 
Okay, because I don't, I didn't bring a grotesque, disgusting, revolting story like Aaron gets excited about. Mine's not grotesque or revolting today either. You got so excited about that too, and I actually went back and listened to another episode recently, mm-hmm. and you were you had another one that was gross, and I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. you were so excited about it. You're like, this one's really nasty. <laughs> I get, I what get is wrong with you? All these stories. I love today's story, but it's definitely not gross. It's just like... <gasps> Mine's not gross either. And I actually polled our people on Instagram to find out which one I should do today. Yeah? Yeah. And they voted for the Queen Mary. <gasps> You're doing a boat? I'm doing a boat. Guys? Guys? Mm-hmm. We're going <laughs> on a an boat adventure more. today. Because <laughs> she's doing a boat. I'm doing an island. Are you? Yeah. It's like perfect. This wasn't even planned. Nope. Yeah, we don't Perfect. talk about our stories. We don't talk about our stories until day story day. Until day so, story story day. <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hop on the Queen Mary and go for a spin. This is a really interesting boat, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew of the Queen Mary and some of the stories, but until I started digging into like the history of it, I didn't realize how awesome the ship is. Yeah. So we're going to dive into the awesomeness of the Queen Mary, and then we'll talk about some ghosty stuff on there. All Kay. right. Okay. Um, so the Queen Mary is actually permanently resting in Long, Long Beach Harbor. It's no longer a boat that goes out into the ocean. Um, but you can go tour it. You can stay on it. You can mm-hmm. visit. You can dine there. It's pretty yeah. epic. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Um, they do even they do special stuff at Halloween where you can go on tours at Halloween and you can go on ghost tours. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that they do to keep it, like, to keep interest in it. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's very cool. So, it's massive. It's a 1,000 feet long. Wow. It was bigger, faster, and more powerful than the Titanic. Woo. Um, she made her maiden voyage on May 27th, 1936. So, we're coming up on her anniversary of her maiden wow. voyage soon. Um, this is all the stuff that was on board. This is just crazy to me. And this is a ship that actually floats. Like, this is beyond, I just can't even wrap my head around it. Onboard facilities include two swimming pools, beauty salons, libraries, nurseries, a music studio, a lecture hall, dog kennels, prayer (laughs) rooms, a telephone connectivity to anywhere in the world, which was very fancy back in the day. Yeah. Wow. So, all that stuff. There were 30,000 lamps on board, a garage for 36 cars, and an acre of kitchens to prepare the 50,000 meals served during each crossing. Wow. An acre. That's insane. Kitchens. That's Holy awesome. cats. It's huge, right? That is huge. So, for the first three years that the Queen Mary sailed... Um, she was a very grand ocean liner, and she, I was trying to remember what you said in another episode, the fabulously wealthy and disgustingly rich or something like that, you yes. call them. <laughs> That's who sailed on the Queen Mary during her first three years. She was very fancy and very elaborate, and um, she hosted people like the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Windsor? Mm, yeah. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> uh, Greta Garbo, Clark Gable. Um, George and Ira Gershwin, Sir Winston Churchill, wow. just to name a few. Just Elizabeth, a couple of Elizabeth people. Taylor would bring all of her dogs and they'd go sailing on the Queen Mary. Like, very fancy. Very, very fancy. Very fancy. Then they go sit in the library. And... Yes, and get their hair done in the salon. They probably called it a salon. Salon. That's the only way you say it. A salon. Like the dogs go to the kennel. They're salons mm-hmm. with the librarians. Very fancy. I should do the rest of the story like this. Do it. Mm-hmm. It was upper <laughs> class. Only civilized way to travel is the way that people saw it. She held the record for the fastest ever North Atlantic crossing. Wow. Yeah. She was fancy and fast. Fancy. <laughs> Fancy, Fancy and fast. Never mind. <laughs> Aaron, for shame. For shame. You behave. Okay. <laughs> when World War II broke out in 1939, 
Luxury travel ceased, and the ship was transformed into into a troop ship that became known as the Grey Ghost. And it was because she was so big and so fast that they they put her into battle. So during this time, her capacity was increased from 2,400 in luxury travel to 5,500 troops. Wow. By the end of World War II, she had carried a total of more than 800,000 troops back and forth across the Atlantic. Um, She had traveled more than 600,000 miles in that time, and she played a significant role in virtually every major Allied campaign. She had also survived a collision at sea and set the record for carrying the most people ever on a floating vessel, 16,683 people at one time. Wow. And Queen Mary was also part of the D-Day invasion. Hmm. So a lot of history in this ship. Yeah. A lot of history. All at that the close, from a fancy uh, boat. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. I mean, can you imagine like some of your friends, some of your buddies in combat get on some other ship and you're like, look what I got. Now I'm like, on the no. Queen Mary. That's right. An acre of kitchens and dog kennels. <laughs> <laughs> and a salon. A get salon. my hair done. Get my hair done just in time for right. D-Day. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, that's oh not that's not respectful. I'm sorry. <laughs> she, I can't help it. <laughs> I don't know how to be serious. Oh, okay, this is a cool story. At the close of the war, the ship was used to transport twenty two thousand war brides and their children to the United States and Canada. Wow. Yep. She was uh, known as the Bride and Baby Voyages. Made 13 trips for that purpose in 1946. Wow. Um, once war was over, the Queen Mary was refurbished and started her elegant, fantastic cruises again in 1947. She would have weekly service between Southampton, Cherbourg, and New York. I don't know where Cherbourg is. I didn't look that up. Sorry. Cherbourg? Cherbourg, C H. It's like share. It might be Cherbourg. I don't know. It's like share with a B O U R G at the end. <laughs> Cherbourg. Pretty I don't sure. know. Let's see where that is. Aaron's looking it up. In France. Oh wow! So she would go England, France, New York. That kind of circular path yeah. there. Um, weekly service. Hmm. Weekly. Well. She was fast. Yeah. Um, By the early 60s, transatlantic cruises were not as fashionable. That's when air travel started to take off and was more affordable than transatlantic cruises. So in 63, the ship um, would only do occasional cruises to like the Canary Islands, the Bahamas, things like that. But she didn't have central air conditioning or outdoor pools. So a lot of people stopped coming. I mean, it was built in the 30s. Yeah. You know, she was an older ship. Um, So finally in 1967, she was taken out of service after more than a thousand crossings of the Atlantic. Wow. Um, In 1967, when she was taken out of service, she was sold for $3.45 million to the city of Long Beach, California for use as a maritime museum and hotel. And on December 9th, 1967, she made her final voyage to Long Beach. After a thousand and one successful crossings, she's she was permanently docked at Long Beach Harbor, and now she is a luxury hotel to this day. Wow. So she's had a very cool life yes. as a ship. I mean, very interesting. She's had some of the most famous and wealthiest people in America and in the world be yeah. on board. And then she was also part of World War II and D-Day. That's it's amazing. It's cool. It yeah. really Very is. cool history. I'm almost misty over that, like, final voyage, like, back mm-hmm. to Long Beach, and that's where she's just chilling. I like, know. I want to like, go. I really do. I want to go yeah. tour because it's such a massive ship. I mean, a yeah. thousand feet long. I can't even imagine how big that actually yeah. is. And they've turned it into a, a luxury hotel. hotel. They've maintained a lot of the original rooms. Mm-hmm. So what were the state rooms on the ship? Those are your hotel rooms. And the kitchen is still there. Like everything's still pretty set up for 
luxury cruising, but it just right. stays docked. Wow. So it's pretty cool because you can go tour it and it looks like you're on this, you know, massive cruise liner. So it's amazing. Very cool. Um, a lot of people, though, they say that the Queen Mary is one of the most haunted places in the world. And mm-hmm. there are as many as 150 known spirits on board the ship. Wow. Yeah. In the past 60 years, there have been about 49 reported deaths on the Queen Mary. Oh, my um, gosh. Not to mention all the things that may have happened during the war. Right. So there's all kinds of people mm-hmm. that just kind of linger. So um, we're going to meet several of them. And I'm going to save my favorite one for the end. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So the first guy that a lot of people have reported seeing is um, affectionately known as Half Hatch Harry. <laughs> Um, 50 feet below the water level is the engine room, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of activity that happens down there. People said that it's one of the hotbeds on the ship for paranormal stuff. Um, the movie The Poseidon Adventure was filmed there in that part of the ship. Um, and if you've ever seen the original, there's a scene where like this big tsunami wave comes over. And my mom has told me that when she went to see it in the movie theater, when that happened, she put her arm up and fell out of her seat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> there's a, an infamous door in the engine room that's marked door 13. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, heavy iron door. Because if you, like, you've seen any movies with these big ships. When water starts coming in, they have mm-hmm. to close these huge iron doors and lock them, right? So they're right. big, heavy doors. And that particular door, door number 13, has crushed at least two men to death. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> One of them is a man named John Peddler, and he was known as Half Hatch Harry. That was his nickname. I don't know why. Um, that, uh, let's see, during a routine watertight door drill in 1966, he was crushed to death. He was 18 years old. He was a crew oh, member. Oh, no. Um, so people report that they see him dressed in his blue coveralls, sporting a beard. Um, he's also, he's seen walking the length of the shaft alley and then he disappears behind door number 13. So he's still working. He's down there just hanging out, doing his duty. Good old half hatch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they call him that. I couldn't find out why I looked for it, but I don't know. I guess whatever. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a hatch door. Yeah. And his job was something down there. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, there is a, so there's two pools. We've talked about this. There's two pools on board. Um, there's a first class swimming pool and a second class swimming pool because why not? Right. Um, the first class swimming pool, it's been closed for more than three decades, but people still see women in 1930s style swimming suits wandering the decks of the pool. Sexy. (laughs) Yep. Probably got their little caps on. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and the, like, full coverage swimsuits. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's adorable. Um, people hear the sounds of splashing, and they've oh also gosh. found wet footprints on the floor leading from the deck to the changing rooms. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Um, in the crazy. second class pool room, there's a little girl clutching her teddy bear that's often spied, and her name is Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, little Jackie was... Um, unfortunately, she, during the ship sailing days, she actually drowned in the second oh. class pool. Um, she was, I think, eight or nine, maybe. And so a lot of people say that they see her and they hear her and they'll hear her laughing in and around the pool. Um, but they do see her clutching her teddy bear wow. down there. So that's pretty interesting. Um, there's also another, there's another um, young person, a little boy named John Henry. Um, he, let's see, he, uh, oh, I guess he's not a little boy. Sorry. He's a young man. His name is Henry. He, John Henry, he worked in the boiler room and mm-hmm. that's actually where his remains were found. Oh was my in gosh. The boiler room. So they, they don't know how he died, but he died somewhere and they found him down there. Um, there's actually been ghost hunters that have gone down there and tried to connect with him. Apparently he's very active and he'll talk to people like when they do these investigations, They've seen his shadowy figure 
um, kind of hanging out between the boiler room and the green room, and they've spoken with him, sometimes very audibly, answering questions. Wow. So he seems to be the most involved of right. all the spirits, um, right. like the most willing to participate and stuff. So, And, of course, every story has a white lady. Of course. There was even one at Disneyland. Yeah, so this lady... Course. There's actually a picture that I can share in the Facebook group where oh. she's been caught on camera. Um, she's in the salon. The salon. She's getting her hair done in the salon. Um, beautiful young woman in an elegant white evening gown. She's been seen dancing alone in the shadows of the corner of the room in the salon. Mm. And uh, I'll share that picture. It's pretty cool. Why you is she can dancing clearly. In the salon? I don't know. She's got a good hair day. It's what fancy people do. I mean, I dance do. when my hair looks good. Fancy people dance in the salon. That's right. They do. And then they have to get their hair done again because they've messed it up dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so they just stay in the salon. My favorite is the creepiest one. He's of called Grumpy. His name is Grumpy. I feel like if my husband comes back as a ghost, they'll name him Grumpy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Grumpy, he's one of the most memorable because he's also known as, you're going to love this, Aaron, Grumpy the Growling Ghost. Oh, no. Yeah. They don't really know who he is or who he was when he was alive, but he likes to growl at people. And you know how much you love that when they get right in your ear and growl and then they Why? touch you. That's yeah. No. Um, he lurks in a room under the stairs near the first class swimming pool. And sometimes he hangs out with John Henry in the boiler room. And there are actual audio recordings of Grumpy's growlings. Nope. <laughs> mm -mm. No. He's kind of my favorite. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just think, I don't know. The whole growling thing is so creepy. Yeah. Um, there have been other reports. Uh, there's some people have said that they've seen a tall, dark-haired man in a 30s-style suit. Um, water will run. It'll turn on and off. Lights turn on and off in the middle of the night. Phones are ringing. Hmm. Um, early morning hours, the phones will ring and there's nobody there. There's also a children's playroom in the third, like a third class children's playroom. And people hear babies crying from that room. Oh, um, that's lovely. Yeah. So there's a lot of paranormal activity on this ship. Um, a lot of people overlook it because, you know, I guess they feel like it's echoing from another part of the ship and they'll hear stuff. But right. It's very well documented. It's very active. And like I said, there's been documented evidence of at least the lady in white and right. grumpy and his growling. So, yep. People people go down there. The, now, where door 13 is and stuff like that, you can't go in there. That's right. just for like if you're a paranormal investigative group or whatever. But you right. can go and stay in these rooms um, in the state rooms and go walk around on the deck and whatever. And I think the second class pool is still open. They don't use the first class pool anymore, obviously, but the, the second class pool, I think you can still go swim in. And so you can go experience all of this stuff as a guest and just hang out and I mean, see what happens. You could, or you could not. I want to go tour it. I don't want to stay I there, but I want to tour, tour it, it just for the sake of history. Like it's such yeah. a cool ship. I would love to tour it. Yeah. But I got to be honest, I got a thing about boats. Like, I like boats, but if there are ghosts on the boat, I'm automatically going to think of that movie. What movie? Ghost Ship. Oh. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> it's so cheesy, though. It's scary. It's scary. Well, this one's docked, yeah. so you can get off. That's what they say about the Hotel California. I mean, it's not going to, like, start sailing away with you on it. Mm-hmm. Um, my luck... <laughs> Come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. That song will start playing and then the boat will just That's leave. Right. And I'll be like, wait, just leave. I'm here to be on there by herself. Yeah. I don't know. She'll how have to... Grumpy standing next to her growling in her ear. And it won't even be like like animal growling. It'll be like menacing growling laughter. I and feel like be... it would just be like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey baby. A woman. <laughs> Let's go to the salon. To the salon. <laughs> and the library. That's right. Yes. <laughs> it's lovely. Maybe maybe Grumpy is one of the dogs from the kennel. 
I mean, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe he's not a man at all. He's just a big dog, and he's like, my people left me here. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? Leave left me, me in here. the freaking kennel. When I could have been at the salon. Getting my herded. Getting my herded. My exactly. Herded. That's right. So there you go. That's the Queen Mary. That's awesome. Cool story. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I didn't know all that about the Queen Mary. I mean, I knew. I didn't either. The Queen Mary. I knew that it was like a fancy boat. I did mm-hmm. not know that it was used. <laughs> a fancy boat. A fancy, fancy. Boat. I didn't know it was used in the war, though. I had no idea. They, I know. Like, That's very cool. It is cool. And they named it the Grey Ghost. Like, how fitting. Mm-hmm. How yep. fitting. I think that's what they should call it now. I mean, I think It'd be so. like, I feel like it'd be a, a way different kind of attraction, though. Yeah. <laughs> they did, um, I was I was researching this, and I couldn't find enough evidence of this particular ghost to actually talk about him, but I guess I'll mention him, just kind of in passing. One of the, they try to do their Halloween stuff based on actual stories of ghosts and stuff that they've heard about the ship. Right. And so every year it's something different. Mm -hmm. Um, A few years ago they did one about a chef who supposedly pissed off his crew. Mm -hmm. And they locked him in the oven. Oh! It was, like the oven is big enough that you can walk into it and stand in it. And they locked him in there and turned it on and cooked him to death. <gasps> oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I couldn't, uh, outside of this is our Halloween attraction and here's the story it's based on, I couldn't find any other evidence of that story. So I didn't put it into my thing. But if it's true, it's awful. That is awful. Oh my gosh. Because apparently there's a window on the oven door. So they would have been able to see him cooking the whole time if they did that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so taken aback. And what's grosser is they still use that oven today to cook all the meals for the ship. I mean, they disinfected it. They I washed mean, it. They Lysoled <laughs> it. It's fine. Febreze and Lysol is all you Ew. need. <laughs> Ew. That's right. Just the Febreze. It's fine. It's fine. Just your bread might taste a little funky. That's that's terrible. Oh Isn't my that gosh. gross? I know. I hope it's not true, but I wouldn't put anything past people. I know, especially if they've been on the boat for a while. You know, they got like cabin fever. Mm-hmm. They're just like, cook this man. Yeah. Bahaha. I mean, what do you have to do as a chef though to piss people off enough that they cook you to death? I mean, have you watched Gordon Ramsay? That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'd probably want to cook him. Yeah. You're like, watch your mouth. I wouldn't want him yelling. Yeah. Don't yell at me. Don't tell me how to cook in my own kitchen. Don't do that. I don't like it. I get mad at Mark when he comes in and tells me I'm not scrambling the eggs right. (laughs) Like, are you cooking? No. Then go. Sit down. Oh, my gosh. Drives me crazy. That's funny. How do you not scramble eggs properly? You can't mess that up, folks. Sorry. (laughs) Drives me nuts, though, when I'm cooking and either Mark or Marley comes in and they try to, like, help. Oh. And they mess stuff up. Like, just just leave. Just, I can handle it. If I ask for your help, that's different. Yeah. But if you volunteer and you get in my way, we're going to have a problem. And I'll stick you in the oven and I'll cook you. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be the end of it. She'll do it, and she'll still I'll use the oven afterwards. That's right. I'll lice all that shit and move right on with my bacon. That's right. <laughs> that needs to be a sign in your kitchen. Don't interrupt that's, me, or I'll cook you. That's right. And it has to be like real, like you all know, pretty. country farmhouse yeah. style. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what you need to do. I have a sign that. I have to hang up. I've had it forever, but I've never found a good place to put it. That's in like, it's the very fancy lettering and it says no happiness, no joy. Because that's kind of our household theme. (laughs) The kids will say, can I do this? And I'll say, you know the rules. No happiness, no joy. So they'll be like, oh man, we really don't want to do this. And I'm like, you have to. You must. (laughs) It's just like running joke in our house. But when people saw that sign for a while sitting there in my dining room looking for an official place, they were like, what is that you know for? that me that says no happiness, no joy. 
And I was like, yeah, I had it custom ordered. <laughs> I have a kitchen towel in my kitchen that says dog hair is both a condiment and uh, something. I don't even remember. But it's like something like an accessory and a condiment. That's what it is. Nice. We have That's three true. dogs, people. You can't eat or move in this house without having dog hair on stuff. It's just, you know, you get used to it. It just is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Dog Mark's hairs. funny, too, because he'll, I mean, he's even told me, like, he'll, we'll cook dinner, and then we put his leftovers in a, like, Tupperware thing, and he goes to work, and he'll open it, and there's, like, a dog hair in it. He's like, how? How did this happen? <laughs> Just gets in there. I don't they're know. haunted dog hairs. They are. Yeah, the ghosts everywhere. of her garage are putting the dog hairs <laughs> in the food before they topple over her recycle bins. Yeah. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> well, that was an awesome story. Well, thanks. And I loved it. And yeah. I love the Queen Mary now. Like, I feel emotionally attached to this boat I that know. I need to go see. She's very cool. Very I cool know. Man. It's just awesome. I would, I like, I just, I love the history and the stories yeah. that she could tell. Yeah. So awesome. Need a breather? Maybe a little distraction? No shame. We're spooked, too. Here's something you can do in the meantime. Take a minute to rate and review Girls and Ghouls in your favorite podcast app. Every rating and every review helps Girls and Ghouls continue to share haunting stories from around the world. All right, break time's over. It's time to get scary. So So where is our ship taking us? We're going to Italy. Nice. Yeah, we're going to take a trip to Italy. No, 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 no. You won't like Italy after uh, this. Well, no, I still it's, like it's, Italy. You'll no. still like Italy. This is a very old story, guys. A very, very old story. And it's it's such a good one. Such a good one. But we're gonna take the Queen Mary to Italy today. We're gonna we're gonna go to a little island off the coast of Venice. And everybody's already like, Where are we going? Where is this? Because I think everybody knows this story. We're going to Pavalia Island. I've never heard of Pavalia Island. You've never heard of Pavalia Island? No. Oh, I, I haven't. I Is it fancy? You... No, it's not fancy at all. Uh, okay. Not for not for us. It's for the commoners. Uh. And okay. the peasants. No, it's actually not even for them. So Pavalia Island is this tiny, itty-bitty little island off the coast of Venice. And there are a few other islands there, but this one is the one that's most well-known. This one has the most history. It was mentioned first in the early 5th century. And it was supposed to be kind of a safe haven for people who were trying to escape attacks from Attila the Hun. Which... Oh, I know, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so long ago. Uh-huh. And I have to be honest, every time I think of Attila the Hun, I think of, like, cartoons. Because it's just so, it's such a far-fetched, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So that was a safe harbor or safe haven for people hiding from Attila the Hun and other people invading Italy. It was later turned into a military outpost for a period of time. But then after that, it was just abandoned for like two centuries. And it was just this vacant, empty island. There was nothing on it. And it's a weird little island. It's not an island like a tropical island where you have sandy shores. And like, it's nothing like that. It's like, like water, boom, there's land. Like, and it's like trees and like, there's no gradual like onto the island. There's like not a beach. Yeah, no beach. It's just like somebody dropped a plot of land in the ocean. So, after after it was used for the military outpost, it was just abandoned and the government tried really hard to get this island put to use for some reason. They just really wanted to put this island to use because they had it. They offered it to um monks to use at some point and monks were like, "Nah, we don't want to go on this island." So it just sat there vacant for a very long time. But in 1576, purpose was discovered for the island. Italy was hit with the bubonic plague. Oh. Again. Now, Italy had been hit with the plague in 1347. And after losing half of their population, or half of the population of Venice, at least, to the plague... They learned a little bit about the disease. They learned a little bit about how it was spread and a little bit about how to prevent it. 
what they actually learned was that you can't actually have the sick people with the healthy people. Mm-hmm. After all these people died, they were like, oh, we should probably separate them. Let's separate them. So when they lost all these people to the plague, they started burying them in these massive pits right outside of Venice. Just huge jumping grounds. But the pits began to overfill. Like, it was just not enough space for the bodies. So they went, hey, I know. You know the island that we've been trying to use? We're going to turn that into a dumping ground. So they would take large boats full of corpses and dump them onto the island. They wouldn't, like, bury them or anything. They just, like... There they are on the island. That's awful. That's awful. Right. Awful. In 1576, when the plague came back and they had already learned, like, we need to separate sick people from healthy people in order to prevent spreading, they went, I know what to do. I know what to do. We're going to turn Povalia Island into a quarantine zone. So. Of course. Right. So it served as a quarantine zone and a dumping ground for masses of corpses at that time. They would ship over, you know, barges, they said, barges of bodies that would be both dead and alive. Oh. And that is where people would spend their days. So uh, anyone with mild symptoms was removed from their home and removed from their family, and they were taken to the island. They were taken by boats, and the people that were, you know, in charge of organizing things on the boats were the doctors of the time. The, and they were in the very frightening-looking medical uniform that looked like birds. Big black cloaks, big black mm. hoods with the glass eyes and the long beaks. And it, I actually learned just from researching this what that uniform was supposed to do. Because it didn't make sense. Like, why do these people look like crows? You know, Mm -hmm. but they believed that by stuffing a certain amount of herbs and spices and stuff into the beak of that hood, that it would filter out the disease. Uh, So it was like the old school hazmat suit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead of actually preventing the disease from them, it just provided a really terrifying experience because a lot of the people that were crammed onto the boats weren't even infected with the plague. These people were just people that had colds. Oh, no. And because they were so terrified of the plague spreading, if you even had, like, sniffles, they'd be like, okay, on the boat. Let's go. Wow. Now, there are stories of people who would fight it because they didn't want to leave their families behind. Yeah. And they didn't have the obvious symptoms of the Black Plague, which was the the black lesions on the body. And they'd be knocked out and brought on the boat. There are a couple of stories about people waking up on the boat crammed between corpses because the person was unconscious so they would just put them where they could you know and it was just trying to make use of all space possible but pavalia that's awful right right pavalia island became known as the island where you never came back from it was supposed to serve as a quarantine area so that if you didn't die you could go back home no one went home The doctors didn't even go home because the doctors, due to the poor medical equipment and, you know, they didn't know how to properly prevent the spread of the disease, um, they ended up getting the plague as well. So mm, everyone died on that island. Everyone died. The bodies were all, after everyone was dead, the bodies were all incinerated to prevent further spread. And then it was, again, just kind of left. The island was left alone. But in 1777, they decided to turn Pavalia Island into a health checkpoint because they saw that the plague was making its rounds again. So if you wanted to get into Venice, you'd have to stop at Pavalia Island and go through this rigorous inspection to make sure that you weren't going to bring the plague with you because they'd already had. I mean, that round of the plague went from uh, 1576 to 1630. So that's like 60 years of having people deal with it. So they're understandably just terrified of contracting the plague again. Most people, most ships that came through were fine. But in 1790, two ships failed. And for another 10 years, Pavalia Island was used for quarantine. Same deal. People stayed. They couldn't leave. When they died, the bodies were incinerated. The checkpoint was then closed. 
they didn't they they just couldn't they couldn't do it anymore they didn't and nobody wanted that job yeah because those people that were there on that outpost uh, you know to man that checkpoint they all ended up getting the plague and they died nobody wants to sign up for a job where you're gonna get the black plague because it's not a pleasant death no that's a slow agonizing illness Mm -hmm. and they didn't have they didn't have even like proper facilities they had one like building that served as kind of a makeshift hospital but that's it that's it and understandably people were a little bit they were a little bit taken aback by all the death on that island Mm -hmm. so no one wanted to be there so it was abandoned yet again uh, just again, despite the government's best efforts, they did everything they could to try to sell it. They tried to get someone to buy it to build um, luxury hotels on because it's Ew. right because it's a pretty island, you know, lots of trees and vines and greenery. And it's just a very pretty island. And it's got like a little, little channel in between, you know, part of it. It's just pretty island. But no one wanted it very understandably because at this point, over 100,000 people lived and died on that island, and their remains were still on that island. Gross. So no one wanted to do it. But in the early 20th century, the government goes, Ahaha, I have another idea. We are going to repurpose the building on the island, and we're going to turn it into housing for the mentally ill. Oh. Not a mental hospital. Lovely. Right. Not a mental hospital, but housing for the mentally ill. These were people who actually had true insanity. Um, not dangerous people, but people that that could not care for themselves. All the way to people who had more mild issues, like they were mute or they were deaf. You know, the way that the way that people classified you, if you, you know, the insane. Women problems. Women problems. Uterine derangement. Yes. <laughs> Or what was the other one? It was like... Deranged masturbation. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes. So they decided wow. to convert it into that. And it was not meant to be a place that was like the standard asylum. And this fortunately didn't turn into one of those places where they were like, hey, you know what's a good idea? Let's put criminals here. And let's have people stacked on people stacked on people. But you don't have an island with over 100,000 people dying on it. And have it become like a super safe place. So they move people onto this island. They move people into this converted hospital. And the patients there start to complain. They can't sleep. They're just, they're, they're, they can't sleep. They're not feeling at ease. Because they hear nothing but screaming. They don't know where it's coming from, but they, they hear screaming all the time. They hear voices in their room when it's just them in there. And some of the patients are on record saying, like, I don't know if it's, like, from another room, but I cannot relax. There was a young man who was mute. He could only write. And he wrote down that he was seeing black figures wandering the halls. And when they'd get close enough, he'd see their ghastly faces because their faces, the figures, and this is reported quite a bit from the patients, the figures were covered in bulbous and blackened lesions. Now, they told the doctors and nurses that they were seeing this. And the doctors and the nurses, well, the doctors especially, they went, no, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. They're seeing things because they're crazy. The nurses were a little bit more sympathetic because the nurses also experienced a lot of, like, weird, random things. You know, hearing voices, hearing footsteps come up behind them, and they never could explain it. But the doctors just brushed it off, except for one doctor Dr. Paolo. Dr. Paolo was the one who was kind of in charge of the whole thing, and he was a very egotistical, sadistic man. He wanted to cure these people, not because he genuinely cared about curing these people, but because he wanted the glory of saying, ha-ha, I have figured out how to cure insanity, and these people are the most insane of the insane because they are seeing people that don't even, don't even exist. They're hallucinating. So he becomes obsessed with trying to cure these people. And he converts the bell tower of the hospital into an operating facility of sorts. People don't want to go to the bell tower. They don't want to go because they can hear when he brings patients up, they can hear them screaming through the island because, well, medicine wasn't as refined during this period of time. This is like late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm -hmm. Um, He was doing procedures like lobotomies, 
up in the bell tower and doing different tests that are not completely disclosed. They did disclose that his tool kit and, uh, it was comprised of drills, hammers, and chisels. So if you went up to the bell tower, you weren't coming back the same person, if you came back at all. And as time went on, Dr. Paolo became more and more obsessed with doing this. He is marked as one of the, he, he did like the most lobotomies in a, like a hospital and a set amount of people in a short amount of time. I found that one place, so I didn't write it down. But he did a lot of these things. And as time went on, Dr. Paolo began to get more obsessed with it because he started to become tortured by his own spirits. And he thought he was going crazy. He began to hear voices and see figures walking around and footsteps and whatnot. And he was so determined to find a cure for everybody else so that he could find a cure for himself. And that went on until one day. Nurses say that they saw him running through the hospital like he's being chased but no one's behind him he's just running and panicked and he runs up to the bell tower because he's going to lock himself in his bell tower and the nurses are taken aback they're like what is going on but then they see him emerge from the top of the bell tower and he's looking over his shoulder and he's on the edge of the bell tower and he turns around and faces away from the edge and puts his hands up and then is thrown they think they say he jumped but it was backwards he hit the ground and was not dead he was still alive he tries to crawl away and he looks at the nurse closest to him and a black figure a black mist descends from the top of the bell tower on top of him and strangles the life out of him oh my god yeah And she saw this? She saw it. Shortly after the island was closed, it was closed in 1922. And (laughs) it was closed in 1922. And it has never been reopened to the public. They've tried to sell it multiple times. Again, for luxury destinations, no one wants it. The fishermen won't even go near it. They're terrified of it. So right now, if you want to go visit Pavalia Island, you have to go through a very, it's it's a process. It's a process to get there. You have to get permits and all of that. But there are some uh, unsavory folk who, for the right price, will take you out. And they've taken people out to research. And some of the research teams have gone out there just to see what the landscape is like now because they want to see like this is a part of Italy that isn't populated they want to know what the plant life is like the animal life is like and during those research trips they found human bones that are still there time has shifted the island's surface quite a bit so all of these burial plots have become unsurfaced and they did take note of the fact that there's sand now which is quite strange so they tested the sand it's not sand at all It's nearly 100% human ash that's just sitting there. Oh, God. That's awful. So the building still stands. The main hospital still stands. And they do occasionally have ghost teams go out, but people don't like to go. They brought a psychic out, and the psychic described the island as a harrowing place filled with malignant, long-suffering, and very angry, vicious entities that seemed to have a nasty and malicious disdain for visitors. She was terrified and uh, just refuses to go back. In fact, most psychics, it's like 97% of the, the psychics and mediums that they bring out are so traumatized by what they've experienced on the island that they won't talk about it and they have vowed to never return. People that have gone out have spoken of a heavy atmosphere of evil and screams and tortured moans that made it unbearable to even step foot on the island. They would be on the boat and hear it. Oh. If you go on YouTube and you look up Pavalia Island, there are videos that, like, amateur people have taken. Like, people just visiting. And you can hear them. Uh-uh. You can hear the screaming in these videos. Mm-mm. The people that have gone on to the island have said the ghosts are aggressive and physical, People have reported being brushed by things, nudged and shoved by invisible entities. There are even reported cases of attacks of a brutal nature. 
One attack in particular happened when a family was looking to buy the island. They were going to buy it and turn it into their summer home. They were going to like build it up and all of that. But in order to turn it into their summer home, they wanted to spend the day there and get to know it. So they spent the day there and then they left before the first day was even over and they refused to talk about what happened. Refused. Now bear in mind, this island is completely empty aside from them. They brought their own boat and they were camping in this like little you know, makeshift tent type thing. But the daughter's face had been ripped open to the point that it required 14 stitches. The family did not buy the island and they said that no one should, that the island should be left. Wow. But they won't talk about what What happened. happened. Another family went camping and uh, they snuck over. They weren't supposed to be there, but they, the dad thought it would be a fun idea. You know, like, way to go, go. dad. I know. like it'll be their perfect place to go fishing because the fishing is great but the fishermen won't that's because the fishermen won't go there they won't go so you can go fish and get all sorts of great like goodies um but the dad was like it'll be a fun family trip we'll go out on our little boat but they left in the middle of the night because they had their tents on the beach which they didn't know that it was was ash right which is disgusting yeah but they left that night because the, the little boy, their little boy was in his own tent with his brother, and the tent was slashed open from the outside, and no one was there. It was just ripped open. So they got on the boat, and they were out. They were done. People have gone on and said that the pungency of the site is just overbearing, and you can't breathe. But that's only reported by some people. Other hmm. people have passed the island and been like, no, it's fine. So it's only in certain occasions that people are like, there's this horrible smell. and we of can't, death. Yeah, and we can't go near it. There have been some research teams that have gone into the hospital. Because the remains of the hospital are still there. The bones are still there. And almost every research team that has gone has had the same experience. And I had originally heard about this experience from that stupid Zach guy. And I was like, yeah, well, the the Academy Award goes to Zach for this whole thing. But then I found other stories about it. And I went, oh, this is legit. So um, people that go into the hospital, especially at night, will experience possession. What? They will hear footsteps walking towards them. There's one story in particular, um, and this wasn't Zach's story. This is somebody that I found in in a paranormal forum. Footsteps coming towards them, and they'll think it's somebody, like, on their team, and they'll call out, and they'll be like, who's there? Because they like to keep it dark. You know, they've got mm-hmm. those, those like, cameras and stuff, so they can't mm-hmm. see directly in front of themselves. Those footsteps will speed up, and then everything goes silent. Completely silent, which is an unusual thing, given the fact that this is in the middle of the forest, you know? Yeah. Middle of the night, there are animals. They've got, like, rodents and birds, but everything yeah. goes silent. And then they feel a sudden, uncontrollable rage. But they won't feel it like themselves. They'll feel like they're trapped inside themselves and something else is in control. But they're so angry that they'll start punching walls and even trying to attack their peers or their colleagues, whoever they're, they're you know, with. To the point that it lasts, I mean, it lasts for a while. It lasts for a while, and they end up, after it's over, they feel sick and exhausted, and they remember it, but they don't understand it because they say it's like a dream, like it didn't happen. But um, this actually happened to that guy, Zach, on Ghost Adventure, and if you watch it, what he does is exactly what so many other people have described as experiencing, and they believe it's Dr. Paolo. And he's just going crazy because they're also um, recorded or reported as speaking rapid old Italian, saying things like, they want us to die here, um, or we're all going to die here, or help us, which is something that I didn't think about. When I did some research on the EVPs, because they, I mean, that happens quite a bit, but they also did record EVPs. The EVPs are all in very old style Italian. Some of it is like impossible to translate because the language has just changed so much over time. Um, but a lot of the clearer ones are, you know, help us. I'm sick was one that was very like just often heard. And then 
at one point in time, a voice ordered them to leave immediately and do not return. Which is... I would listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was a very, like, not like a scary, it was like an authoritative voice. Like, you need mm-hmm. to not be here. And it says, I mean, there are signs all over, and they're in old Italian, but it says, like, this is a quarantine site. Evacuate immediately. Mm-hmm. Or do not dig here. Um, because of burying the, mm-hmm. the dead there. So that is, uh, that's some of the more spooky stuff. They also experienced um, objects being thrown across rooms. And in one case, uh, a reporter went out and they took, they were taking pictures to do like a history of Pavalia Island. And they came back to the room and there was a hospital bed that had been on the right side. But when they came back, it was on the left side. And they thought, we just remembered wrong. Yeah. And then they went and looked at the pictures. No, the hospital bed had been completely moved. Oh, wow. Completely moved. So Pavalia Island is immensely haunted. It's just plagued with tortured souls um you're not allowed to go i don't want to go yeah you can't go i mean if you want to pay some unsavory gentleman uh, money they might take you out but you Mm -hmm. have to you have to really look most people don't want to go out it is currently owned by a very very rich man he bought it but he does not do anything with it he just just there Mm. it's just there he bought it out of sentimentality because he said that as a kid he used to sneak out and party there but he's not doing anything with it. But yeah, that's Pavalia Island. It's that's terrifying. Yeah, it's one of the, I guess it's considered like the most haunted place in Italy. And it's just, uh, it's spooky. It's not a place I'd want to go. It's not gross, no. but it's just not It's kind of gross. I mean, when you think about how many people died there and what they died from. and some Oh, of the, for sure. Like the fact that some of them didn't even have the plague. Mm-hmm. When they got there, but they were forced to live with people who were dead or dying yeah. from the plague. And then they contracted it and went through that pain and tortured themselves. It's just, yeah. it's sad. It's very, very sad. Very, very sad. And I mean, I get why they used it the way they used it because they didn't, they didn't know how to yeah. control this disease. Well, that's actually pretty common because I've, I've researched a few mm-hmm. where like the islands off of New York were mm-hmm. used for the same purpose. There were a yeah. lot of islands off the coast of New York that were used for quarantine during various yeah. outbreaks of things. Yeah. And it's so, it's just so sad. And I so can't, sad. like, this makes me so grateful for modern medicine oh, because seriously. I cannot imagine living in a society where a lot of people get sick and they're like, okay, we can't treat you. So you're all going to be taken from your families and just stuck on this island to die. I know. I it's can't terrible. imagine what that was like. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that at all. I definitely, I definitely was very thankful for the way things are now reading about some of this stuff because I knew a lot of the story, but then reading that like, if you just had a sniffle or a mild cough yeah. or allergies, they'd be like, you know, we can't risk it. You got to yeah. go. So these people were ripped out of families and <sighs> never yeah. saw them again. And it wasn't like they could, you know, they weren't like, you know what, go say goodbye to your loved ones. Because they were like, no, 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 you don't, don't infect them. Come back. Come over here. We're, we're you know, yeah. we're taking you. And to know that once you went, you were never returning. Like that yeah. that dread. Because there wasn't even the threat of like, or, or the, the hope, I guess, of returning. They never had that in their mind that they would mm. come back. They all it's knew. So sad. It's like it's, you're going here to die. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. And the fact that they that they lost half of their people to this is just terrible. So sad. That's awful. So there you go. That was um, creepy and gross and just <laughs> sad and sad. It's just sad. It is sad. But I seriously like, mm-mm, I don't want to go. I don't want to no, go. No. Uh-uh. I am going to look on YouTube, though, because I, I want to hear it. Look it up. Look it up. It's like we'll share links and stuff. Yeah. I have not been very good about sharing links in the in the Facebook group. I actually meant to do that. I think I did share one. You did from last week about Disney. Yeah, you did. So and I'll, I'll try to remember to go post yeah, some stuff. I've got some links to share because I've yeah. got a picture of Dr. Paolo standing outside of the building. Nice. Um, not alive. Like it's his oh. ghost. It's his ghost, yeah. His ghost, oh. I was his like, ghost, oh, that'll be cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, his ghost still wanders because they they bricked his remains up in the bell tower. 
Oh, yeah. So he's so he just wanders around. He's he's the most angry of the ghosts. But yeah. they, uh, a passing boat snapped a picture because they thought it was really pretty, and then they saw a man in the picture, and they were like, oh, "What?" <laughs> so wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I'll share pictures too. I've got the picture of the white lady from the Queen Mary that I can yeah. share and. Yeah, that'll be good. So we'll share pictures. Make sure you're in the Facebook group. Just look for us, Girls and Ghouls, on Facebook, and you'll find the group. And send and, us uh, your stories. Send us your stories. Subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff. Do it. And, uh, and we have a little child giggling in the background. We do. So it's that means good. it's time to go. Time to go. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, guys. Stay spooky. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.